Well, welcome. My name is Ray. For those of you who maybe I've not met yet, and um, I'm one of the pastors here serving alongside you at New City. And uh, man, we're excited that you're with us this morning and uh, glad that you're here with us. Hold on. My phone is doing something weird. I apologize. All right. So (laughs) we're in week two of our series called Help I've Got Kids. All right. And we are walking through this series basically from the standpoint or the idea. Sorry, I got a text. Hold on. Okay, my bad, my bad. All right, so we're in week two of our series on parenting, okay? And uh, as we're walking through this series, we've talked about a couple different things, right? The first thing that we've talked about is parenting is hard, right? It's not easy. Uh, Austin and Alyssa, I, I always feel weird sharing this because I don't know if they want you to know, but they, they've had their baby, right? But their baby didn't come with a manual, right? It doesn't come with a manual of how to tell you to raise that child. But here, hold on. Sorry. Got something I got to take care of just real quick here. All right, we're ready. So we were doing, or we were speaking through and walking through last week, Proverbs 24. Okay. Proverbs 24. In Proverbs 24, it says this in verse three, it says, by wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding it is established, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. But what we were talking about through this series, all right, was this idea that we need to gather our wisdom in parenting from some place, right? We need to find our wisdom for our parenting in some place, because there are lots of places that we can look to for our parenting, right? Hold on, sorry, I got to take care of it. This is all right. So here's the deal. I'm, I really haven't been getting text. I think you've already figured that out, maybe. But here's the deal. Okay, here's the thing. Today we're talking about in our parenting. All right, being present. Right, being present. Because I bet you didn't feel very valued when I was taking text in the middle of my teaching or my preaching. Right, and so. As, as we are looking at this idea of reaching into our child's life, right, we've got to be present. And that's where we're going to be today as we, conti- excuse me, as we continue through this series, all right? So I'm going to put my phone away now, all right? And we're really going to focus in on what we're talking about. Now, here's the other thing. We also talked about if you are not a parent, we still want to encourage you to be here. Because as we're talking about this idea of parenting, ultimately what we're talking about is this idea of leadership, Right? And this idea of parenting is leadership within the home, but for those who don't have kids, we still have an opportunity to lead others. And you may also have a connection with a niece, a nephew, a granddaughter, or even just somebody who has a child. You can help them in their parenting. You can be a resource for them, right? You can be an encouragement to them. And now I'm going to go back and read our scripture again in Proverbs 24, now that we don't have distraction, all right? So here it is. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So we do want to gather our wisdom from somewhere for parenting, but where do we want to gather that from? Ultimately, we want to gather it from, as believers in Christ, from God's word. 
That's where we want to draw our direction and our wisdom for how we are going to build our house or build our home. Now, whether we're talking about parenting or we're talking about leadership, we all have this thing that kind of plagues us, if you will, and it's this thing called time, right? Time. It can be one of your biggest assets that you have as a family or as a leader, right? And the thing is that we all have the same exact amount of time, but why is it that some people or some families seem like, man, they've got their schedule just worked out, like everything just runs so smoothly in their life, right? But then over here on the other hand, you might be like my family, and you're like, I feel like the calendar is running our life. Like we are just moving from one thing to the other, and we're just busy and busy and busy. And so for us, in the idea of talking about being present with our children, right, if our calendar is, is running our life, it's going to be hard for us to, in fact, be present, right? To be present with our kids and with our children. So this morning as we're looking at, we're going to look at a passage that maybe you've heard before and maybe you haven't and it's okay, but it's in Deuteronomy 6, okay? And Moses has just got instruction from the Lord and he is now going to bring it to the Israelites and share it with the Israelites. But here's the thing that Moses knows. He knows that these people are about to enter the promised land. And when they enter the promised land, they're going to settle in. They're going to get comfortable. They're going to start building their homes and doing all these things and getting prepared in this new place they're in. And they're going to get this thing that we always say when people ask us, how you doing? They're about to get busy. Right? They're about to get busy. And Moses knows this. And so he comes to them and he says in Deuteronomy 6, he says this, and it'll be up on the screen for you as well, okay? It says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you and your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as they live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, right? Hear, listen, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of our ancestors, promised you. Now, here's what Moses is saying, okay? I've got some information for you, and this is good information, and I want to share it with you, and it's from the Lord, right? So us as parents and us as leaders, ultimately, here's where we need to let our children know we're coming from in our leadership of them. We're coming from the Lord, right? We are a home that is centered around the Lord. That's where we're coming from. And that's what Moses is saying here. He's saying, look, these words are from the Lord. Like, this isn't just me talking to you. These are from the Lord, and these are things that you need to put on your heart. Now, this was a big deal for us. I mentioned, I think, last week or maybe the week before that we have been now in Kansas City for a year, right? We felt the Lord calling us to move to Kansas City, to start a church, begin a church. And so we went and we had to tell our parents, hey, we're moving to Kansas City. Now, my parents lived right in town, and then Abby's parents lived about an hour away, but they drove it like it was across town. And so here we tell them, hey, we're moving to Kansas City. And their first question is, are you taking the kids, right? And we're like, yes, we're taking the kids with us. Right, And so they're like, okay, well, that, that breaks our hearts. Not that you're going, but that they're going. Right, But here's where we found ourselves. We told them, we said this, we want our kids to understand and know that we are being obedient to Jesus. 
right? And we want them to understand that more so than just, and it sounds harsh, but your comfort level of being close to our kids. Like our main desire is to show our children, nope, the Lord has asked us to do this and we're going to do it. Like that was our main thing with that. Because imagine if we get down the road and our kids go, well, you know, dad was a pastor and mom was a part of the church and they didn't do anything that Jesus asked them to do. They weren't ever obedient to what he asked them to do. They, were, they, were, they didn't talk about Jesus at the house. Like, they just did it on Sunday mornings, and that was, that was what they did. But that's not where we want our kids to be, right? We want our kids to know that Jesus is Lord of our life. So, because look what he says in verse 2 there. He says this. He says, so that you... And your children, and the children after them may fear the Lord your God, as long as they live by keeping all his decrees and his commandments. So look, Moses is saying this. He's saying, teach them so that these people and their children will fear God. Right? Because here's the thing. Your children, as I mentioned before last week, your children are going to be looking to you to see if you fear God. That's the first place that they're going to look. And so is your life fearing the Lord? Now, not that you're scared of God, right? But a fear that is reverent to him. In other words, man, everything that we do is going to be going through this filter of Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. Like, that's where we're going to be running things. Because we have a fear of him. We have a healthy, reverent fear of him. Now, he goes on to speak of this beauty, right? This long life that it may go well with them. And I don't think that there's a parent in the room, and maybe even not a parent in the room, that doesn't want to see a child's life go well, right? For things to go well. And I can tell you, like, I was sharing with a couple people this morning, like, Graham, our oldest son, man, he had, a, he had just a tough first week readjusting back. And you look at that and you go, man, that's just, we want him to do well, right? We want that to go well for him. And you look at his, you know, he's just hurting a little bit. And you're like, I'm hurting all inside too. Because why? Because we want things to go well for our children. But here's the deal. Okay, he says, look, Moses, so he gets these things from God. He then shares them with the people and shares with them how it can benefit their life, but not only their life, but also the generation below them, right? And so here's the thing. It's going to be really hard for us to focus our time and connect with our children or if we're in leadership, connect with the people underneath us if we are not spending time with them. If we are not present. Right? If we're not present, it's going to be hard for us to then connect with them. Now, when we talk about this from a leadership standpoint, all right? Apple, back in 1996, they were falling apart right? Everything was going crazy. Everything was going nuts. They were putting out weird looking products. Like if you go back and look like what the heck was that thing, right? The Macintosh that took up the whole table. Like what were they doing? But then they fired their CEO or let their CEO go. And what happened? Steve Jobs came back to Apple, right? In 1997, he came back to Apple. He took back over. And that is where you begin to see their technological shift in the things that they produced and the quality of what they produced. But here's the thing. When he was present and when he was there was when Apple became more innovative, right? Because he stepped out, Apple slid down, he came back, and he was present again at Apple. But here's the thing. I was reading this article about his daughter and what she said about that time when he went back to Apple. And where he was present, 
He was present at Apple, and he wasn't present at home. And she says, I never saw him. He was never home. And so, yes, Apple was booming and going great, and things were amazing, but that's where he was present. He wasn't present in his home. And his daughter now speaks of it in an article about how she had no connection with her father. Though he is like the leader of connecting people. Right? So, how do we connect? How do we then parent our children? There's a fellow by the name of Reuben Hill. He's a sociologist out of uh, the state of Minnesota. And several years ago, he did a study. And he took parents and teens, and he asked them multitudes of questions, and then he put them in four different categories of how these particular people parent. Okay? And so we're going to look at those real quick. And as we do, I kind of want you to think through, like, okay, is this me? Right? Is this me? And then also, not only is this me, but is this me occasionally? Or is this me all the time? All right? And so they're going to be up on the screen for you, too. If you're taking notes, it's going to be like you're... you're Pin's going to be smoking probably, but here we go, okay? So the first one is permissive, all right? So permissive has high love but low discipline, all right? So high love and low discipline. These parents are usually indulgent and more interested in being best buddies with their children than being the parent, all right? Appropriate boundaries are never established, and these parents rarely discipline their children. Life lessons are often learned later in life and at a higher level cost. And then what he found in his study was this. Children brought up in this environment tend to rank low in happiness and self-control. And these children are more likely to experience problems with authority and tend to perform poorly in school. So look here. Here's what happens, okay? When parents become overprotective, the child becomes spoiled. When parents are yielding to pressure, the child becomes manipulative. When parents are desperate for harmony, the children become disrespectful. When parents are rescuing or always saving their kid, the child becomes irresponsible. And when the parents become overly helpful or too helpful, the child then becomes helpless. Now, as we think through that, again, we're wanting to draw our wisdom from Scripture, right? So what does Scripture say about that? Well, Proverbs thirteen twenty four says this. It says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Right? Catch that part. Is careful to discipline him. Is handling the discipline of their child. The next one is this. Is authoritarian. Right? This is the military style. Low love, high discipline. Man, this is how it's going to be. And children are often expected to follow strict rules, and failure to do so results in harsh punishment. Often there is little or no reason behind the given rules. A phrase that is often heard in this household is, because I said so, or because I'm the mom, or because I'm the dad. Communication is usually combative, especially if the child gets older, right? And here's the thing, children brought up in this home environment tended to be obedient and proficient, yes, but they ranked lower in happiness, social competency, and self-esteem. Now, here's what happens. When a parent is domineering, okay, the children tend to become rebellious. When a parent is not flexible, children become fearful of failure. When parents are performance-driven or performance-oriented, children tend to become over- or underachievers. 
When parents are hypercritical, children become or tend to become overly sensitive to criticism. And when their parents are black and white thinkers, children tend to become bitter. Now again, going back to God's word, right? What does God's word say about this? What wisdom can we draw from it? There's a couple of verses that came to mind. Colossians 3.21, fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. And Ephesians 6.4, parents, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And then the third group of parents that he found was this, was the one that was neglectful. The one that has low love and low discipline. And this is kind of, if you will, the worst of the parenting styles. This is where he found that the the things that came out of this environment ranked lowest of all life domains. These children tended to lack self-control, have low self-esteem, and were less competent than their peers. But here's what it tends to look like. One of two ways is what he found in his study. The first one was the parent who was overly involved in their work, the Steve Jobs of this world, who were never present in the household. Or if they were present, they weren't really there because they were perhaps addicted to some type of substance. So, here's what he found from that. When parents are apathetic, children tend to become self-sufficient. And when parents are uninvolved, children become rebellious. And when parents are lacking follow-through, children become underachievers. And when parents are lacking boundaries, children become insecure. Now, I know that's a lot to take in, right? Like drinking from a fire hose type conversation there. But here's the thing. If we're going to get anything back, if we're going to get anything connected with our child, we must be present, right? So let's look back at that conversation in Deuteronomy 6, because here's what it says in verse 4. He says, hear, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then we're going to see a familiar phrase. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. They're to be on your hearts. Now look what he says. These commandments I give you, put them on your heart. Right Now, this is the language that we use here at New City, is that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of all areas of your life. And if Jesus is Lord of your life, then you are putting his word on your heart. Right? And a lot of parents would say, well, you know, I think the key really is that we just get them to church. And if we can get our kids to church, then we will find that time will be what they need. It'll be what they need. But look here. The truth is they're looking at you. They're looking at you, mom and dad. Where is the word of God? Is it on your heart? Because look as he continues with this challenge in verse 7 of chapter 6. He says, repeat them to your children. What? These commands that I give you. Right? These commands I give you, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And bind them on a, as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. And write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Repeat these things. Repeat them over 
and over and over. Repeat the things that you want your child to hear. Because look what he says. He says, talk about them when you sit at the house, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. He doesn't leave a lot of time for us to not be repeating these commands. Right? And it's not that we're sitting there reading out the Ten Commandments to our children every hour of the day. But as we're guiding and as we're walking, we are moving them through it. Repeat these things. Ultimately, he's saying this. He's saying, look, be present. Now, let's go to the idea of leadership for a minute, okay? We've been talking about through parenting. Let's go to the area of leadership. If you read any great leadership book, the leadership book is going to tell you as leader, you need to share often, you need to repeat often the mission, vision, and value of that organization. Why? So the people within it can hear it, know it, and live it out. It's the same thing he's saying here with the, with the parenting. Look, you need to share the things often that you want your child to live out. Right? The things that they are living out. But again, this will only happen if we are present. Now, there was one last type of parenting that I left out, and here it is. It's the authoritative parent. Okay? The authoritative parent. And ultimately, this is an example that we see in Jesus. Has high love and high discipline. Right? High love and high discipline. Grace and truth. That's how Jesus comes and speaks to us. Through grace and through through truth. So look here. In this type of parenting, children are expected to follow some established rules and guidelines which are clearly Understood. Parents are responsive to their children and tend to listen to their questions and offer feedback. These parents are more nurturing and forgiving rather than punishing. And children brought up in this home environment tend to result in children who are happy, capable, and successful. But look here when we break that down. When parents are loving, okay, their children become secure. And when parents are encouraging, children become confident. And when parents are comforting, children become compassionate. And when parents are sincere, children become honest. And look at this last one. When, ch- when parents are teaching, children become wise. They gain wisdom through the things that we are teaching them. But here's the thing. Again, if we are not present, if we are not connected, then it is hard for us to teach them these things, right? So how do we do that? What does that look like? How are we then present in the life of our children? Because the other day I sat down with Graham or I was sitting by Graham. We're having a conversation. He's not giving me any feedback. I'm just talking to him, talking to him, no feedback. And then I say, buddy, did you hear anything I heard? What? Like he didn't even know that I was talking to him. Why? Because he was not present, right? He was in the TV. And let's be honest. The other day, Abby was having a conversation with me, and she's asking me all these things, and I'm sitting there, and I, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she said, what did I just say? I, you're going to have to repeat it. I don't know. But what was the problem? I wasn't present, right? I wasn't present. So how are we then as parents to be present? Look here. Here's the first one. Okay. We need to be consistent. All right. We need to be consistent. We need to find a consistent time and a rhythm to speak into our children's life. Because here's the reality. 
You need to find a rhythm to be and meet with your kids. And the church is not going to do this. Like the rhythm of church is not going to do it. It's going to help, absolutely. And we as a church are behind you and will help you through it, absolutely. We will give you resources. We will give you the opportunities on Sunday morning for other people to speak into their lives. Absolutely, we will give that. But people used to come to me and they'd say, when I was a student pastor, they'd come come to me and they'd say, hey, can you help fix my kid? Nope. Like, number one, I'm not going to be the one doing the fixing. Like, that's going to be the Holy Spirit, right? But also, your kid is going to be more influenced by you and the parent that you are. Because let's do some quick math here, okay? If that kid, let's say that kid comes to church one hour a week on Sunday, and then maybe there's a midweek gathering for that particular kid, so that's one other hour. And then maybe there's another hour throughout the week that I'm, I'm hanging out with that kid, right? That gives me three hours, okay? You multiply that times 52, that's 156 hours a year. That's it for me to fix that kid or to change that kid's heart. But look here, let's go to mom and dad now, okay? Let's say that mom and dad don't even have the kid all day. Right? So the kid goes to school or does whatever. So let's say you have the kid 18 hours a day. All right? 18 hours a day for 52 weeks. Look here. 6,552 hours a year. And there's parents that don't spend any of that time with their kid. Connecting with their kid. Right? But a heavy majority of that time could be and should be with our kids. So finding consistent times to connect with your children. One of the greatest things, I, I was thinking through this like, what does that look like? One of the greatest things that my dad ever did for me was every morning he would wake me up, he would make me breakfast, and he would sit with me at the breakfast table, and he would read through a Proverbs and a Psalm. Almost every day. Or we would hit a, a, a book in the Bible, and we would go through that together. But that, I truly believe, has pointed me in the direction that I'm going today, right? And where I am today. And so for our children and our boys, we think through, okay, what are we going to do? Well, we try to have nightly devotionals. We've done a terrible job of it this summer, I'll be honest with you, because we're just going and doing and all this. But man, now that school's back, guess what? We have a nightly opportunity to be consistent with what we're doing and what we're pouring into our child and into our kids. The next one, so be consistent. The next one is this, be intentional. Right? Be intentional. Train intentionally. And we talk about it in the way of leadership as well, right? We need to, uh, first off, be consistent, but also we need to be intentional. We need to train intentionally. Proverbs 22 says this. It says, train a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we have to decide, okay, what do I want my children to become? What do I want to point them in this certain direction? And what is the direction that I want to point them towards? And we started that conversation last week with these things that our children need and crave, right? The first one was security through love. The second one was significance through purpose. In other words, you are special and man, God has a plan for your life. And the third thing is strength through hope. Right? Your God is a big, big God, and He can help you through whatever life throws your way. But look here, when we train them, they will not depart from it. And as they grow older and they go out there on their own, what are they going to put their trust in? Right? We hope that they're putting their trust in God Himself. All right, so the third one is this is to be engaged. Be engaged. Right? 
These little things right here don't help us at all. I was telling Abby, um, well, I haven't told Abby actually. I didn't sleep well last night. Like Graham woke up in the middle of the night, and then from that point on, I didn't sleep. And the Lord was just convicting me of some several different things that were going on in my life. And one of those things was, man, you are just spending too much time on your phone. And so there in the middle of the night, I believe it was like 3.30 this morning, I deleted Instagram and Facebook from my phone. Like, it's gone. I'm done. Because I'm spending so much time on it. I may bring it back into my life later. That's great. But the time that I'm spending on it is ridiculous. I'm just being open and honest with you because I feel like we're all close enough, right? Like, but that's where I was. And the Lord just convicted me of that this morning. Man, you are not, you're, you're teaching this, but are you doing it, right? Be engaged. And, I, you know, I love those mugs and those hats that are uh, like the shirts that say, I can't adult today. You know what I mean? Like, I can't adult today. But here's the thing. We as parents, we have to adult, right? Like, we've got to step up. And when our kid goes to sleep, man, rest, relax, do whatever you need to do. Now, there's a pastor down in Texas by the name of Matt Chandler. And he said this uh, about a year ago. And he was, he was really speaking more to men. But I think it applies to us as parents. And I think it's just a great thing for us if we could... We could grab hold of it, honestly. And here's what he says. He says, why do we have men going to bed with any energy left? Right? Not because they worked so hard at the office all day, but because they worked hard when they got home. You see, we should be getting home from the office and loving and caring for mama. And then getting down on the floor and playing with our kids and running around the backyard and wearing them out. Tucking them into bed and then praying over them. And then sitting with mama some more to check on her heart and where she is and how her day was. And then hit the bed exhausted because we have been wrung out as a father and as a spiritual leader of the household. And in that we don't have time to get hung up in the crazy petty things of this world that tie up all of our time. And then he said this, and I think this is like a punch to the gut right here. Things go better when men act like men and leaders of the household instead of boys who can simply shave. Ooh, yikes, right? But we are to be engaged, right? Engaged with our families and engaged with those around us. Galatians 6, 9 says this. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, right? We will reap a harvest if we do not give up give up. So if we are consistent, if we are engaged in our child's life, look, we are to reap a harvest. So we got to stay engaged. Don't give up on that son or that daughter. Don't give up on that niece or that nephew. Don't give up on that granddaughter or that grandson or whatever it might be. Don't give up. Because as we talked about at the very beginning, right, this whole parenting thing is hard. Man, it's hard and it doesn't get easy. And as we were going through those types of parents, man, I can be honest with you, like I've been all four of those at times, right? The authoritarian, because I said so, you're getting to your room, right? Permissive, oh man, you've had a bad day. You want that? Sure, go ahead, right? But here's the thing. As our kids, are, think through your kids or what your kids are desiring. Look here, your kids aren't desiring perfect parents, That's not what they're desiring. But what they're truly desiring is parents who are honest and open and guiding them towards something. And my heart is that we're guiding them toward God, right? And we're guiding them towards Jesus Christ and what he can do in their life. That's what we need to be guiding them towards. So 
We've got a couple different things uh, that we just want to give you and help you with as resources for those of you who have kiddos. But here's the other thing. Even for those of you who don't have kiddos, this could be a great thing. Because when we talk about, again, that idea of being engaged, right? Being consistent, Like, those are things that we can apply to marriage. Those are things that we can apply to friendships. Like, those are things that can come into any context, right? But here's the resources or the things that we we want to get you thinking about, okay? So the first one is this, is an idea of taking a shoebox... Maybe you don't have a shoebox, just any box. If you don't have a box, maybe it's um, a Ziploc bag. But one way or another, if you have kiddos, get together, decorate it. All right, some of you have babies. This is going to be a little difficult, right? But here's the thing, all right? You get those kiddos around, you decorate that box, and that becomes your phone home. All right, your phone home. And here's what you do with your phone home. The phone home goes in the middle of your table, and all your phones go in it. Or devices. Like if your kid wants to even bring their device, right, and set it in the phone home. But what you're going to do is you're going to be engaged at the dinner table. Right? You're going to be spending time with each other as a family. All right? So that's one idea. And the next one is this. But again, like if we're just, we're married, we don't have kids yet, right? Like make you a phone home. Put your phone in it. Spend some time together. Okay? If you have a friend over, tell them to put their phone in the phone home. Right? Like great things you could do there. Okay? The other one is this. It's, a, it's an app called uh, the Parent Q. All right, so you can go to the app store. You can you can get the Parent Q app. I know I'm on my phone. Hold on, but I'm showing you the app. All right, so it's called Parent Q, and what you do is you put the birthday of your kiddo in there, and then what it does is it tells you like how many days you have left with your kid. It's kind of depressing in some ways. Um, not gonna lie, right? But it's a great tool as well because here's the thing: Graham has he's 470 weeks old. Okay. But he's, he only has 518 weeks until he moves on. So they're assuming they're moving out at 18. Thank goodness, right? But we only have 518 weeks left with Graham before he's 18, right? Like, he's halfway there, ultimately, or pretty close. And so, but as you go through this, there is, even today, so this matches up with what we're teaching in our kids' areas, Okay, so this app matches up with what we're teaching. So there's a little video that goes along with it. And then there's even some little questions. It even tells you, look, do this. Read Luke 2, 4 through 50, or 41 through 52, and then ask this question. Like, it makes it that simple for you to have a consistent time. But here's the cool thing, right? It goes back to what we're teaching on Sunday morning. So you've, they've heard it on Sunday morning. Now you as the parent are using those hours that we talked about to speak further into the life of that kiddo, right? Pretty cool little tool there. So that's called the Parent Q app, all right? But again, we want to continue to give you throughout this series resources that you can use, all right? So here's what I want you to take away from this morning is this. Can we agree to be authoritative Parents. Now, you don't have to say yes or raise your hand or anything like that, but think about it. Can we agree to be or do our best to be authoritative parents, right? Parents that are loving, encouraging, comforting, sincere, and teaching our children. And then this week, how can you be consistent? How can you be intentional? And how can you be engaged? All right? Let me pray for us.